0: For that we flew up here we were still praying lord what are we supposed to do and and um and right up here it was brother stanley and there were two other prophets that came in and and they started prophesying over uh bill and i and one of the things they prophesied is they turned around to the church and they said these are your missionaries and they're going to be based out of here. And, um, and he just began to prophesy that we were to come here. And, and, um, so we went back to Florida. And I remember we were praying and asking the Lord for confirmation. And Bill and I were sitting at a, um, IHOP um pancake house and i was saying lord are we supposed to go to oklahoma and you know those u-hauls that have all the states on them i looked over about this time i said lord where are we supposed to go and i saw this u-haul oklahoma <laughs> and i said that's it <laughs> that's it lord we're supposed to go to oklahoma and then um, we got here, and then the Lord began to just, um, uh, just this was it was our home church for our transition period into Mexico, and and um, we went down and worked with uh, with the Cross for a, a number of years, and we went and got our uh, went to Spanish school or language school, and um, down in McAllen, and we were in and out of here for a number of years, and then um, and then the Lord opened up Chiapas, we went down there with Dale and. And um, right at the end of that two-week period, somebody walked up to Bill and I and said, you're supposed to come back here and start a Bible school. And we're thinking, that'll be good for somebody else. We'll just pray that for somebody else. And then we came and we couldn't get away from it. You know how when the Lord is speaking to your heart about something, and we felt like we were supposed to go back down there. And um, and Dell felt that too. He had a real sense that this was the Lord. And, and um, just really quickly we went and... Um, the Lord opened up a door for us. We started, um, our first Bible school down there and, um, ended up just before long, we had a church plant and before, not too long after that, um, most of you know us, right? Is there anyone here that has, doesn't know who we are? Not, okay. A few people. Okay. Yeah, there's a few here. So we went, we went back down there and, and the Lord, um, gave us a home, which is a whole, um, that's a whole story in itself. And, and we started this school, and and then before long, this Lord started sending orphans or abandoned children to us, and we ended up, started out with um, three, and I thought, oh, I can do three. <laughs> I can do three, Lord, and and um, not too long after that, there were two more showed up at the front door, and I, okay, well, maybe I can do five, Lord, I can do five, and and um then it was 9 bill i said yesterday at the women's breakfast bill came home one day and i said surprise <laughs> i had three more and um and so then i think at somewhere around 15 we said okay this is enough we can 15 kids is that's enough and and um and i think we're at 46 or 47 or something right now but the good thing is that they're the older ones, the first kids now are they're getting older and some of them are getting married and they're going to college and um, different ones are getting out on their own, but we're just getting we keep getting a new crop in, and every time I say to Bill, "This is it, I can't take any more. this is it," Bill will come home and I'll say, "Surprise <laughs> You know that's happened more than once. No, you never say that. <laughs> And so it's been really cool. We have some photographs. Bill tried to put something together really quick last night, so there's no music, but you can just kind of home if you want to. Um, can you go to the next one? We'll see. We'll just kind of go through them. That's us. Lost and Found. Um, that was actually you. I, I drew that picture of Bill, and he had a towel around his neck. and the first one that I the first one I did of Bill, it looked so much like him. I had to go back and change his nose. <laughs> okay um okay the next one this is chiapas we're probably about um maybe three hours from the guatemalan border on the pacific coast um and it's hot it's really hot uh, we we went down there in 1999 um the base property this we'll try to find a better picture but about was it seven six seven years ago we had helped a ministry, and um, I'm trying to do it fast so you can get up here, but we tried to help a ministry that was they were doing some medical work. Um, they were doing eye surgeries for cataract and um, different things, and we went up and helped out with the Spanish, and um, not knowing that several years later they would give us their whole ministry and turn all, um, turn their 12-acre property over to Bill and I. It has five homes. It has um, um, dormitories and a church, and... Um this is where our children, the majority of our children are living. now we have a school from kinder to a high school. They're at the base property. When they gave us the property, they gave us cars and they gave us all of the everything. I mean they gave us the whole thing, and then they gave us two thousand dollars a month for a few years so that we wouldn't feel the the weight of trying to carry all of that. And they just called us up and said, "We just want to bless you the The brother that was ninety something years old, he would have kept going except his wife got sick, and he had to stop. And he said, I think it's time for me to retire. And he handed us this. Okay, the next one. This is um, part of our children. That's not all of them, but um, this is, um, I think, well, oh, they got shoes. We were celebrating shoes. We got a bunch of brand-new shoes. Yeah, and I – and. It, can you go to the next one? I think that's the one I put, this is, you can't tell here, but this is neon green, and I had painted the walls, and I hadn't realized when we got their new uniforms that they were, that they were neon green, and I walked into the, to to the dining room, and I was just going, whoa, guys, you know, and, um, so we're feeding about 50, 50 every meal right now. We have a little over 50 people for every meal. We live by faith, and it's really interesting how the Lord provides for us and the things that happen, but that's part of our group. Um, next. Um, this These two little guys here we just got a sibling group they um about a year and a half ago they called and said they had a little boy that was four and his brother and they had watched the murder the father had murdered their mother and um they asked if i would bill and i would take to the littlest one and um and then an eight-year-old right and then the other guy on this side he's at Irving, and he was born in the prison the federal prison and the prison called and they said we have a woman that has a child they the child was born here and he's been here he's Um, going to turn four. And at four, he has to leave the prison. Will you take him? His mother still has another 25 year sentence. And um, so we hadn't really done this before. And I, and so we went ahead and we took Irving, but he came in and everything, his whole vocabulary is, are we going back to the cell now? And are the guards, are the guards going to bring our milk now? (laughs) Just his whole, everything, his life has been, he was born in a prison and raised in a prison, a federal prison. And the prisons down there are completely different than, you know, of course, anything here. So he came with us, he came to live with us about a, a year ago the other one is Alberto who came on the donkey he's he's about to head to Canada for a year to um to work in a children's camp and to be in a leadership program in Canada he's like I said he came in when he was four right um but we could go to the next one um that's that's Poppy Poppy with his boys mm-hmm and this is what they, the, that's the little, the little uh, boy at the bottom that, um, that had seen the murder. Well, what happened after that is they, the next six months later, they said, can you take three more of the same family? And I didn't know there were three more in the family. So we said, well, yeah, we'll take the other three. So that was five. And then they, they called back about, was it another six or eight months? And they said, there's actually one more. There's six. In this family, will you take the 15-year-old, the girl? And she had been, they tried to sell her to a 75-year-old man. And I said, yeah, bring her, just bring her on. So we were able to bring the whole family together, and they're doing great. They're really, really doing great. And they had never been in bed. They had been sleeping on a piece of plastic on a, a dirt floor. Um, didn't have any education, and the little, the 16-year-old girl, the one at the top there, she just got through elementary. She's 16, but she got through elementary, and we were just rejoicing. Her, mo- her mother, before she died, had always said, if you can just get education, if you could just get educated. And so we've just been celebrating the fact that they're they're reading and writing now, and, and the Lord is really blessing them. This is our high school group that just – we got all these guys through high school. Um, they're all um, in uh, – well, how many? It's quite a few of them are heading into college right now. We just put four in a chef's school where they'll get a bachelor's degree in culinary sciences, um, they're, well, they're just, I mean, when you think these were little street kids, these were kids that were um, third-degree malnourished. They were Some of them were on the point of death and how the Lord's just taken them and done great things. And, okay, this is that six. uh Uh-huh. This is a first birthday party one of them's ever had, the family there. Okay, the next one. Um, this is Sandra. Some of you may have met Sandra. Um, she just got her master's in law. And she's heading up our administration. And she came to us when she was fifteen, sixteen, maybe. She was a dropout in, in um, high school, but in extremely intelligent. And I said, "You argue so well, you need to go to law school." And um, so, and she argued about that. But anyway, she got her she got her BA, and then she went on and got her master's in law. And she's just she's the daughter of my heart. Okay, the next one, that's Pia. Uh, Pia was a German missionary, um, and she's been with us now for six or seven years. We started taking in handicapped kids, um, and I was just petrified. I thought I can take in some of the kids, but I don't know how to deal with, um, I have an art degree, that's my qualification for any of this. And um, But I just felt it was the Lord to take in these. We found these little kids that were just, um, they were abandoned. Uh, we have a little girl with one leg, and she was abandoned in a, a store um, on the border of Tapachula. Uh, and they left her laying on the floor in a store, and she was nine days old and born without a femur. And she still had her cord, her or, or umbilical cord, when the mother left her laying there in the store. So we took her in, and we had to have an amputation and then later a prosthetic. She's nine, eight, nine now, and just going full uh, full throttle and she's and then then the lord led us to this child that had been abandoned as well that has um how do you say it in english cerebral palsy cerebral palsy cerebral palsy it's that thing yeah that's what she has and that she was never supposed to walk or to never supposed to feed herself and all that and she's doing great she's um and she's 12 now. But I didn't know what to do with all of the handicap. We also have another, um, we have a little boy that has Down syndrome. We have other children that have speech impediments and different things. And the Lord sent me this German missionary. And really quick, she was out in the middle of an island in the Pacific coast and she starts praying and she says, God, I feel like I'm being called as something different. I would like to go to Mexico work with orphans on a ranch. And she put orphans, Mexico, ranch, and our web page came up. And she called and she told me that. And I said, Well, the scripture says you need to know those that labor among you. Why don't you come and visit us? And now she's been with us seven or eight years. I don't know. So, and she's so good with all the handicap. And she helps with all the surgeries. We have several children that. Uh, one mother, she put her, one of the children's hands in a frying pan, and she um, ended up with, he ended up with severe um, third-degree burns and the loss, the loss of the use of his, of his hand until we had surgeries. She handled, helped handle all the surgeries on that. We have children whose fingers have been broken, where the mother or the father have grabbed and broken their fingers, and then they're never set. And so she's been helping. We've got two surgeries scheduled. And just an amazing, she does therapy with the kids, and she's just an amazing answer to prayer on that. Um, Okay, that's the name of our our church. We're in the middle of a church construction. Uh, We had an 8.5 earthquake that shook us around big time. And um, and it uh, destroyed the building where we were meeting, which kind of pushed us forward with the church bill that we needed to go ahead and get the church building. And so we're in the process of building our, our church there. This was uh, raised up out of the Bible school. And um, the next one, I, that's, I guess, part of the walls going up. Yeah, they're, they're getting ready to put the floors in. And, um, yeah, we have big vision. We have a big vision for what's happening there. And this is, oh, our our children's church camp, our little kids from under, what, 10 and under, up to 12. This was just, they did a a church camp, and um, that's the end building of what it's supposed to look like. And um, that's our church congregation. And um, that's Brother Dale preaching at the house in (laughs) Arriaga. Yeah, yay, Dale. And um, we have a Bible school that's going and this is the Bible school. We Every Saturday, our school runs from 9 till f- about 2.30 or 3 o'clock. Um, and people just have a hunger for the word coming for the Bible school. And our, these are um, some of our teachers that have been raised up through the years there. The Lord started. Um, we um, This last year, we've had churches come, and they're asking for us to cover them with our association. So this is one pastor that's now under... Um, our covering, and the next one is, I have a tea party with the ladies every year, and I bring them all in, I said, and they don't, a lot of them don't even know what a tea party is, so I have to explain that, and I said, you can't come if you don't have a hat, (laughs) and so, um, anyway, this is, it's a mother-daughter tea party, and they bring their little girls, and we just, we have a great time with that, and Bill stuck that picture in there, and um, this is our bus, we have a bus ministry, our ranch, dun-dun, the ranch the lord the lord raised up the ranch Um, some of you have heard that bill carried a vision for over 30 years that we were going to have a ranch and that and the ranch would help to support the work but also the ranch would be a place where children would find healing and so the lord gave us this ranch about 15 years ago i guess it's been a while we've and the stories are amazing because everything was paid for in cash, and we never knew how it was going to come or how we're going to pay for anything other we just kept taking a step of faith in this situation was this the one where the the church the um, the church tithe. The church uh, in Detroit. They sold the church, and we'd already made a commitment. And and they called us and said, "Hey, we just want to give you a tithe, and that paid for the majority of the ranch." And just so many things happen here. We have horses and cows, and and the children they ride. And we have um, rabbits, and we have. Um, oh, okay. Um, we produce products there that we sell for the benefit of the we have like 40 hives of bees which has been an interesting thing as i've seen kids flying down the highway i mean down the road with the bees after them um we the the government donated to us about um a thousand two hundred thousand five hundred fruit trees a few years ago so we have orchards and we raise limes and we sell limes and um, we also have um, probably dead rabbits. Well, we have a lot of live rabbits. We have maybe 500 or more rabbits at a time there. And we um, we sell rabbits every and we eat rabbit. And, um, and it tastes just like chicken, just like chicken. And that's the rabbit barns where we do that. We sell rabbits, process rabbits to restaurants and stuff to try to help with the, our finances. And the kids eat it, but we don't tell them they're eating floppy. And so um, the Lord did this huge miracle. I wish I had more time. I know I'm taking bills, but there's just so many miracles that happen with people donating animals to us. And, and um, we have, like, our own herds now of, of beef cattle and milk, um, milk cattle. I'm, I'm trying to remember my English words. And then we have chicken story. And Bill decided that we needed a thousand or so chickens, and and um, of course you know when you get a thousand chickens, they come in a little few little boxes, and in about three or four weeks, a thousand chickens are a thousand chickens, and so and then we have five hundred laying hens I guess out there, and so we sell um, we sell eggs and and we eat eggs, and I tell I and eat eggs, and I walk in there, and I said, what are we having for breakfast? Huevos. Okay, what are we having for lunch? Oh, yo. <laughs> and so, um, but we, we do this. this and, okay, the next one, this is Pia on the horses because um, this is where our, our teenage boys live out at the ranch. And the kids ride horses and have a great time. And and we go to different uh, events exposed and try to get our products out there. So And then our kids get involved in all of this. And it led to one of our girls. She'll be graduating with a degree in international business. Um this month she graduates from college. Um but the kids get involved. That's the ranch house and that's um, that's the little boy that was burned. That's Juanito, that one of the and and then there's just a little video or that's it? Just push play. I don't have to talk. Huh. Yeah. I can't talk because that's Juanito that he was third degree malnourished and he was the one that was burned so bad it's not moving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's Christian that little guy came he had been beaten with a cord uh, Extension cord. He was striped like a, a zebra. That's a little girl with one leg. And we got a, that's a sibling group of four with him, Angelo. This one came, she had a, what do you call it, cleft palate? Clef. As as I'm turning it over to Bill, I felt there was just one scripture to give you that I wanted to share with you. And it's out of, um, um, is it Malachi in English? Malachi? Um, Malachi 3.16. And it says, Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him, then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. But that first part that it says, Then those that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened, and he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And I was just wanting to leave you with that scripture before, I, before Bill takes over. And just to encourage your heart. You know, the, the very, the, the, you talk about the thing you love. And I know the, that for, for Bill and I in the mornings we get up and the very first thing we do, it, well, he makes coffee, thank the Lord. And, and then we sit down in our chairs, our old people's chairs. You know, we have our recliners. And he's reading the word and I'm reading the word and we and we're really it's it gets pathetic because I get it something I want to share with him and I'm looking over to see if I can interrupt him to share something that the Lord is showing me. And then in a few minutes he's kind of looking over at me and I can feel him staring at me to see because he wants to share something with me and we talk about the Lord all day long we're on, we're constantly our conversation. Everything is about Jesus and how we can exalt the Lord with our lives and how we can obey the Lord and what can we, and, and what does he want us to do? And I know that when we get in the car with our kids, we talk about Jesus. We talk about him all the time. We have these conversations. We get into these deep things with the kids in the car. Well, you know, and, and sharing, well, what do you think that means? And what does that, what does that mean to you? And then when I go have coffee, I learned this word in, in, in Spanish, and it's a really important word, because when you go for coffee with the girls, you go for coffee and weedy weedy. Now, weedy weedy is not gossip. Weedy is weedy is you're going to talk about things over coffee. And so, and so we go have coffee and weedy wee, but when we 're talking we 're talking about Jesus and we 're talking i'm asking what is the Lord showing you what's happening because you know what's going on there's miraculous things happening constantly in their lives, and they're sharing testimonies they're talking about They're neighbors who have been healed or delivered. They're talking about people that they've led to the Lord. We're talking about scriptures and things that the Lord has opened up to us and how real God is and how he speaks to us daily. If we will listen to him, God is speaking, and it is the most exciting adventure walking with the Lord. I mean, hearing his voice, and I was sharing testimonies yesterday of the things that God has spoken to me on airplanes to tell perfect strangers and, and watching how they respond when the, when the word of knowledge comes forth in their lives. Or Do you, know, do you remember quickly, there was a, um, a story I shared maybe a couple of years ago that somebody here had given me a bunch of um, iPods and, and ME, MP3 players, and and I was taking them back um, to Mexico. And in the airport with my mom, um, my mom spilled her coffee. And I was trying to take care of her coffee and, and get her on the plane. And I left that whole bag of, of MP3 players outside on, you know, the waiting area. And I got on the plane. And then they wouldn't let me get off to go get them. And of the stewardess came back. She said, there's nothing out there. And this woman looked at me and she said, I saw a woman grab your stuff. And she's got on a fur collar here, and, and um, so I looked around. There wasn't a whole lot of people on the plane, but here comes this lady out of the bathroom, just prissing out of the bathroom, and um, and I said, "Excuse me, did you pick up that that leather um, satchel that was out there?" And she said, "Oh no, 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 I didn't, I didn't." And I and my mom looked at me later, and she said, "She's a thief." That was my mother. And, and, um, and I had been praying for my mom to see the, the manifestation of the power of God. And so this woman, she goes and sets up in front of me. And, and as she sets up in front of me, my mom keeps hitting me like this and going, she's got your iPods. You know, she's got your iPods. And then the lady across from me, she leans over and she said, that woman's got your iPods. I know she has. And I'm sitting there and I have about a three and a half hour flight staring at the back of this woman's head. And so I'm thinking, you thief. And then I'm, oh, God, bless her in Jesus' name. Just bless her, Lord. I know. God, you say to bless those that curse you. And, and I go into this Holy Spirit. And then I'm sitting there. I'm going, that thief, she's a thief, Lord. You know? And so I'm struggling back and forth. And I have my mom, she's elbowing me going, she stole that stuff, Tammy. She stole it. And the woman gets up and goes in the bathroom. And mom said, she's hiding it in the bathroom. So she goes and sits down, and I go to the bathroom, and I look around to see if she hid it. And then I'm going back, okay, I'm going to rest in you, Jesus. I'm just going to rest in you. The Bible in Spanish is in those iPod, iPods, and, and there's music in Spanish. And, God, I just trust you in this. And, and then I'm just looking to wait for her to do something, you know. And So I'm going back and forth from blessing her and cursing her and blessing her and cursing her. And my mother is not helping me at all because she keeps jabbing me in the ribs telling me what a thief this woman is. So I finally get to the point and I said in my heart before we landed, I said, well, Lord, do I need to give her my business card just in case she wants to repent and give these things back to me? You know, we want to help God along the way. And then it was finally a complete surrender. And I said, Lord, you know exactly what you were doing here. You gave those things to me. You can take them away from me if she's supposed to keep them. And all honestly, and it finally came out of my heart, bless her. Bless her, Lord. I just trust you to do what you want to do with this woman. And so we get off the plane in Mexico City. It's around Christmas time, thousands and thousands of people, flights going in and out. We have a couple of hours of layover. Finally, I get my mom situated um, at the the gate where we're leaving for Chiapas. And we sat with our back to the wall, and we are the only white people there. I mean, it's like you can't miss us. And so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, this woman comes pressing in. And she sits down right in front of me, but with her back to me. And she opens up her purse and pulls out my iPod. And before I could even think about it, I stood up, I walked around, and I slid in right beside her, and she started trying to hide that stuff in her purse, and my hand went right in her purse with hers. <laughs> and, I, and I pulled it out, and one of them was mine, and Bill had put on the back of mine, you know where the apple is? He, Bill had put, Tammy, you are the apple of my eye. And so it was mine with my name on Ah, you're so sweet. And so... So when I pulled it out, I'm looking at it, and it's got my name on it, and she's looking at me like this, and I said, and I begin to preach to her, I said, I've been praying for you. I didn't tell her all of the rest of it, but I've been <laughs> praying for you for the last three and a half hours. Because I knew that you stole this, and it shows me that you're not right with God, that there is something missing in your life. And she was just staring at me, and I said, give it all back. And so she started pulling one out at a time and another one, and, and then she left some stuff in there, and, and I said, pull it all out. There were three federal agents that walked up or three federal police that walked up and that were standing right over there. And I said, you just need to return it all back to me right now. So she started pulling stuff out of her purse. Half of it wasn't even mine. And I said, I don't want that. That's not mine. You have to take care of that with somebody else. But she returned it all. And my mom is sitting there with her eyes like this, and she's looking at me. And that woman was going to Chiapas. She, got, she had to get on the plane with me. And, I mean, she waited till I got on, and she was the last one on. And I gave her my card. Not so that she could steal again, but I said, you're going to need, if you need somebody to talk to, because what you've done is you've committed a sin against me, and I'm forgiving you for it, but you need to find the Lord. You need to find a relationship with God. I have things happen like this all the time. God wants to be a part of our lives, and he wants us to, when we're walking into Walmart or we're walking into different places in our schools, in our work." That, that we have these supernatural encounters with God. He speaks to us, and he'll tell us things about people, and he will use us. And it is so cool. It is so amazing to participate with the Lord in these things. And I want to just tell you right now, he records when you're talking about him in your conversations, he's recording it. He's listening for those that fear his name. He's listening to our conversations. Do we talk about him? Do we love him? Are we acknowledging him in everything that we do? Are we developing the love of God in our lives? Are we shining with the light of Jesus Christ? And are we the salt of the earth? Are we making a difference where we live and where we go to school and where where we're working? Are we making a difference? And that's what he's calling us to do is make a difference, to shine and to be something that is so completely odd and and out of place. that is causing attention to be drawn to us for him. And then we give him the glory because he gets the preeminence in everything, in every situation. He gets the glory for everything that's happening. And I encourage you, talk about him. When you go to lunch today, talk about him. I'm sorry. We know this happens every time, doesn't it? And we just.
1: You're dismissed. (laughs) Where do I go from here, right? Well, this morning when I was actually I thought I was going to I'm not going to share very long. You know, we're lion missionaries, we always say that, just to make you feel good. I'm not going to share all day, just a few hours. Um, about two, two days ago, I felt like I knew what God wanted me to share with you. I, I, we really take that seriously. We're not just trying to, um, you know, we're going to have to preach, so let's get something together. And so I, I, I take it very seriously, and it's sometimes very weighty. Uh, wanting to know what God wants me to share with you, and so I felt like I had a little bit I wanted to share with you, and so I woke up this morning at four thirty and I started kind of going over my notes, and um, at at one point I felt like I I lost my peace about the issue, and I I just kept working the message you know, and I I I kind of read it to to Tam, and as I read it I thought, wow. Something's not right here. So then I, I was getting ready, and as I was getting ready in the holy shower room, you know, that's where things take place in the shower. God speaks, you know, your captive audience. And with me, I don't need shampoo, so it's a quick thing, you know. And, and I started remembering something that had happened to us when we first um, were thinking about going to Chiapas. Um, we had went down there, we walked around, we prayed, we asked the Lord for confirmation. We said we would need a month of miracles, and we felt peace. And so we were, we were leaning in that direction. We started getting all of the things that we needed to do to get an order to go down there. Well, we took off from here with a little Isuzu rodeo with everything that would fit in it and a futon mattress tied to the roof. And we got as far as um, Waco, it was, in, was it in Waco or in Mexico City? Oh, no, this was before we actually left here. We were, in a, we were in a conference in Mexico City with a bunch of brothers, and we started telling them that we had been called to Chiapas. And these godly brothers, who love us a lot, began to sow doubt uh, towards our calling. They said, no, you, I, I, we think you miss God. You know, there's a, a guerrilla uprising down in Chiapas. The Zapatistas have taken over San Cristobal, and they were like a, the Sandinistas in Nicaragua, and they've, they, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of checkpoints. No, no, you. And so the more they talked, the more I lost my peace. The more I started questioning God: Is this? Is this really you? And for like two days during this conference, Tammy and I would talk, and we and we, we were thinking: Well, maybe maybe Chiapas not, it's not the place. And so we had these brothers going, why don't you come up to, to work in uh, Oaxaca? Why don't you come? And they started naming all the places where they were working. And um, I remember laying on the bed one night and just thinking, Lord, I don't. Wh- what happened? And he spoke to me and he said, go back to where the last place you had peace is. And so I, in my mind, I started going backwards. Okay, I was fine until... I came to this conference, and the conference wasn't bad. But I was good until those brothers began to sow doubt into my mind. I was sure that this was God. And the moment I realized that I had allowed that doubt to steal my peace, the peace came back because I knew. He had confirmed it. I I knew We we were in the right direction. And so that kind of was what happened to me. Uh, This morning, I I was going through my notes. I knew I wanted to share something, but at some point, I started overworking the painting. Have you ever seen, have you ever done that? My wife's an artist. I remember one time, she had an assignment, and she stayed up all night working this thing. But she overworked it, and it really didn't look that great. It was excellent, but it didn't really look that great. But I said to her that, she said, well, what do you think? And being the honest kind of guy, I said, doesn't look that great. And she could have got offended, but what she did was she started again, and she redid it, and she she did it better because she didn't really have that much time to overwork it. And sometimes God gives us a vision, God gives us a a direction to go in, and instead of just doing what he told us to do, we start overworking it. We start trying to, do you remember it says his ways are farther, higher than ours, and his thoughts, you know, I mean, there's no comparison. You're never going to get God's thoughts in your mind unless he puts them there. So trying to figure out what God is doing is not possible unless he's letting you know. He let me know we were going to Chiapas. We knew we were going to start a Bible school. That was all I got. There was no more preview. There was no instruction manual. There was nothing else that we could do. And so even for some of you guys, you know, you're in a transition right now. The whole church is in this movement. And a lot of you are just trying to figure it out. Don't. Just look to Jesus. It's his church. He loves his church. And he'll take care of his church. If you try to figure it out, you're going to get messed up and you're going to lose your peace. And you're going to misdirect what God is doing because you think you know. You know, like it says, there seems the way, a, a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. So sometimes just say, you know what? God is doing something. It's not always a negative. It's all good because he's a good God. And you know what? He loves us. And his plans are good for us. So relax. Chill out. People come, people go. They're his people. He loves those people. And he has a plan for those people. And it's all good for those people. And these empty chairs will be filled with new people. Amen. (laughs) So anyway, I was was in the shower and I, I just heard him tell me that I was just adding way too much to what he wanted to share. And I think this is what he wanted me to share. The simplicity of being obedient. I mean, I talked to CJ and Lisa. You know, they've heard and they're obeying at the point they know to obey. Do they know what's in front of them? Absolutely not. That's not a walk of faith. If I knew what was going to happen in Chiapas, I would have never went down there. I'm telling you, man. How many of you had teenagers? You know what I'm saying. There's got to be a cold storage unit for children that age. It's like cryogenics for adolescents. When the timer goes off, they can come out. It's like a timeout for like five years, right? But literally, if he had shown me everything that we would have to go through, that we would have to suffer... I'm not sure I would have went. I, I think I probably would have lost my peace a long time ago. But really, I mean, the walk of faith is looking to him and walking. And knowing that he makes your path straight. He has a, you know, he doesn't have a plan just for a few of us. We have this idea that he has the big plan for some of us because we're like braver. Ha! I think we're just maybe crazy. You know, but he has a plan for all of us, and it's so intrinsic. But he doesn't give us the whole thing in in one fell swoop. He doesn't just hand us a manual and say, here's what your life's going to look like. He says, trust me. Because he's all about building faith. He's all about you trusting him with the next step. You're not trying to figure out what God is doing. You're saying, God, I trust you with what you're doing. And, and the whole goal for everything that we're doing is it's all about him. I want the people in my church, when they hear the name of Jesus, they get chill bumps. They break into tears. They fall on their face. They do something because they know who he is. I don't want them to be people who are enjoying warming the seats, filling the building, having events, but having a life that means nothing. I mean, come on. What do you want to offer the Lord when you stand before him? And you're, you know, he's the, he's the God who loves fruit. What kind of, what, What's in your basket? Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going any further with that. <laughs> what's in your basket? All right. Well, you know, see, I'm right on time if you guys want to get out now, but suck it up, buttercup. This ain't about you. <laughs> anyway, I, wanna, I just want to share a couple of testimonies, okay? Um, I, I might have shared this with you a few times, but some of you aren't from here. Um, because I think it's important when we share the mighty works of God, it's scriptural that we, we, we recant these things that God does so that you realize that God is real. And that you realize that he's powerful and that you realize that he's right here and he's always excited to do those things. And he wants to do them through you. Um, When I first moved here, I started, I had the privilege of working at Kicker Speaker in the amp department. Helping repair some some amps. And I got to know a couple, um, Francisco and Jeanette. Francisco, some of you are going to know him. He's a great Cuban chef and a workaholic. But I got to know Francisco, and we got to be friends, and I met Jeanette, and I was able to lead him to the Lord. Well, you know, Francisco has this thing. He's, he's always building stuff out of di- dumpster diving. He, he doesn't, we throw stuff away, and he'll go pick it out and do something. I remember him and I decided we were going to build a garage out of stuff we found on an old construction site. And it was a two-story garage. I remember being up on the top part, and that whole thing was doing like this. So he's good at some things, but he wasn't good at everything. Gee whiz. But I remember we would talk to them, and they would go to our home group, and I remember saying, Lord, I really think it would be wonderful if you could show them your power, you know, so that they could understand that this is more than just words, and this is more than just a relationship that we have. So Francisco found out there was going to be an auction. Do you know where 40 North is? I don't know. It's not 40 North anymore, is it? Well, there used to be a a supermarket, an old Piggly Wiggly building down there. That's a funny name for a store. And it was abandoned, and they were going to have this huge auction, and it was full of all kinds of old, used, like, plumbing supplies, electric supplies that they'd take out of factories and stuff. And they were auctioning it all off, and, and Francisco wanted to go. So the catch for our wives to go is that we would go for breakfast after the auction. Where there's food involved, you can win a lot of things. So, anyway, it was pancakes. It was pancakes. So we went, but it had already been an hour into the auction. And the ladies were bored. I mean, this place was full, massive pallets full of boxes cables, sinks. It was, yeah, it was full. Well, they had already been auctioning off for about an hour. And so the ladies were getting kind of, yeah, ready to go. And he said, well, just wait. I want to bid on this pallet full of old cables and electrical supplies. Okay. So he bid on it. He got it. And we started hauling them to his truck. On one of these trips, I remember passing a group of people that were looking for something on the floor. There was a big circle and they were all kind of, I thought maybe somebody lost a contact lens. But the floor was so filthy, why would you even want it in your eye after that, right? (laughs) So I just asked, so what did you lose? And the lady who was the auctioneer's helper said, I lost my diamond. It's worth $3,000 and my husband will kill me. And now I knew why they were looking. But I don't know why they thought it was there anyway. In my mind, being the spiritual person that I am, I said, they're never going to find that. (laughs) So, but as I'm coming back, and I'm telling you, this was not my plan. I wasn't praying. I wasn't even thinking about it. This is how much God loves us. I walked by a, a pallet. There was a box here, and I felt like he said to me, it's in the box, I mean, it was that clear. It wasn't audible, but it was that clear. I stopped. I started taking, it was like old extension cords that had been used, right? I mean, old and used, I guess that works. So I started taking them all out and somebody had already bought that thing. So if they would have caught me, they would have thought I was stealing their stuff, right? I get to the bottom and I'm looking at a bunch of garbage, you know, dirt and glass. And it looks like a piece of windshield when the windshield's broken you know how that cubes up oh well check that out it was her diamond and i froze i literally froze i you know they said there there's two kinds of unbelief one that says i don't believe god will do that but my kind was says i can't believe god did that I mean, I literally, I heard God, I'm saved. He loves me. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But anyway, so I walk over to the lady who by now is getting ready to call her husband on the phone. And I tap her on the shoulder. And I was telling Steve this yesterday. And I said, I felt like an old hippie because I said to the lady when she looked at me, ma'am, Jesus loves you. That's all that I could think of, you know. And she looked at me like some whack job. And then I said, no, you don't really understand. He loves you. And that's when I got her attention. But that's how much God loved her and loves her. It wasn't my plan. I wasn't even involved in the process except that he said, hey, you, Baldy. It's in the box. Maybe if you had prayed, it would have been easier. But no, no. But he got he let me participate in his expression of love to her. What a cool experience and you know there are, I'm telling there are times when I'm feeling kind of does God really love me and I remember that story. He spoke to me. he loves me and the, and you know he's all about the supernatural i was uh and now I'm finishing. Are you okay <laughs> i i'm I'm so hungry for for the supernatural. But I felt like the Lord told me something a couple of nights ago. He says, those who hunger for the supernatural without hungering for me will go off into things like the new age. Hunger for me, and the supernatural will come. Know me, and you'll walk in the supernatural. So if we jump ahead, we're going to, you know, easily get deceived. We can be pulled into stuff that's just nonsense. So the safe zone is saying, I'm with you, Lord. You show me. You tell me what to think. You tell me what to do. I remember I was at a a conference, uh, a supernatural conference, and Benny Hinn was one of the speakers. Benny Hinn and Mahesh Shavda, and there were some other guys. I was hungry to walk in the supernatural. So I listened to the conferences, and and some were good, and, and some I didn't Really catch, but that's okay. And I remember coming in early when Benny Hinn was prepping. It was just a small group, it was about six hundred, because it was mostly pastors. And I remember how rude he was with the sound man. And he would blow on that mic and go, poof, poof. and he said, "No, louder! I want him to feel it." And so I was just sitting there. Oh, but my my mind, I was saying, "God, please help me. I don't want to. I don't want to gr- be critical." I don't, I don't want to judge your child. So I was, I was really just having a struggle. And I remember thinking, Lord, t- sh- tell me what to think. I don't want to sin. Sometimes we mess up because we think that our opinion is the right opinion. It would be better to find out what his opinion is. So I said, and and the night went on and things happened, and I was still feeling this in my heart. And I think, oh, God. I know that there's, this is, there, there, something's real, and I want it. Please tell me what to think about this. Is, is, is he on track? Is he not on track? Please tell me. So I remember getting on the airplane to fly back to Detroit. And um, I did something very spiritual. I took my Bible, put the table tray down, and opened the Bible, put my hand over the verse, and said, Lord, speak to me. Can't do that with an iPad. (laughs) That sings, right? You try to do it and you go, okay, okay. Speak, speak, speak. Recharging. (laughs) But I remember I heard a voice in my mind before I looked at the scripture. And it's the, the scripture said when Jesus was the disciples uh, heard that these guys were casting out devils, and he, they said, you know, should we correct them or something? And he said, if they're not against us, they're for us. And, and I thought, oh, that's just me. I lifted up my hand, and it said, and if they're not against us, they're for, and he settled it. I was okay. I, I knew God's opinion about what was going on, and I could be okay with that. And it was that easy It was that easy. He loves to speak to us. He loves to teach us. He loves to lead us. Yes, dear, and she wants to tell you the rest of the story. And Noon will be here soon. (laughs) You can come. Oh, oh, sure. Well, well, even in that one, Tammy had been, uh, she wanted to go to that conference with me, and she couldn't because her mom was with her. And so it was I have to tell you I I was raised pentecostal I've been pushed down more times than I can count I've given more courtesy falls than I think in my spiritual life I've literally fallen twice and once was at that conference I had been working at a funeral home <laughs> And I had been struggling with heaviness. And so I went forward, and Benny Hinn was praying for people. And I thought, he, he came to me and said, well, what do you need, brother? And I said, I don't know, but I feel like I need something. And he closed his eyes, put his hands on me. He said, spirit of death, get off of him. He didn't know I worked at a funeral home. And I literally felt like electricity shoot through my arms. Pah! And I went back. But it was a nice kind of Whoo. Because whatever was heavy on me was heavy, and I just felt light. So right after that, I go outside, and CBN interviews me. You know, I'm still kind of giddy. (laughs) Yes, Jesus did it. And they videotape me, and I get home, and my wife says, Well, how'd how'd it go? And I said, Well, you know, tonight they're going to have... Mahesh Shabbat's message on there. We turn it on the TV, and there I am falling down. She watches me fall down. She watches me interv- get interviewed, and she, get, she jumps in my lap and practically smacks me and goes, Jesus heard me. <laughs> yeah, because she wanted to be there and experience it with me, but she couldn't, and so that was wonderful. Anyway, what did you want me to tell? Oh. Are you guys okay? Are you hungry? Okay. <laughs> Suck. Uh, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Fire! <laughs> Tammy and I, when we came back from Romania, we were we were, we got an invitation to go to Siberia, tra- attractive invitation, to work with uh, an an adoption agency, or we had an invitation to go to Venezuela and minister. So we were right in the middle of this. I think I went with Dale, didn't I? Didn't you go? Didn't we go to a Rick Joiner conference in North Carolina once? Yeah, yeah, you, it was us. And I remember I, we were praying and I needed a confirmation. And so I was sitting one night and they had like have some really wild worship, um, morning starters. And they were, in, it was like an hour long thing. And I was sitting behind this row of ladies. And I was still seeking the Lord. What do I do, God? Please speak to me. Give me a prophetic word. Clearly, he says, ask the lady in front of you where she's from. I don't know the lady in front of me. She's worshiping. What am I? You know? No. (laughs) I didn't say that, but I didn't do it. So therefore, I was saying it, right? I wait a few minutes. I Ask the lady in front of you where she's from. So about the third time, I figured God is speaking to me so i reach up and i touch her on the shoulder she turns around and looks at me i said excuse me ma'am where are you from she said caracas venezuela Oh, that's cool i think god's speaking so anyway i talked to her a little bit get her information and we felt like the lord was confirming that we were going to go so we go down to venezuela and we're ministering in churches and one day We're in this church, and they invite us to go and have lunch with this lady and her daughter. So we go to her house for lunch, and her daughter comes out because she was a wedding planner. And she says, oh, let me show you my best friend's wedding. It was the girl in the conference. What are the odds? Talk about chill bumps. They were like this big. I mean, just those little things. That's so exciting. This is the way we live. This is the way you can live. Just believe what the words, I I point at my iPad as if it's the word of God. It's in there. (laughs) Trust me, it's in there in every version you can imagine. We can trust him. And and this walk is exciting. And this walk is a challenge. And this walk has suffering. But you know what? The end, it's all wonderful. We win. Hallelujah. We've seen the end. It's good. And I wanna take a bunch of people with me. Amen? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we haven't read one verse. You did Tammy did. Oh good. Then we we actually <sighs> I didn't think we were gonna make it on that one. Yeah. I was gonna do John three sixteen just in case. what my message was really going to be about, and you guys can work this message out on your own, is when Jesus was talking about John the Baptist to the people, and he said, what did you go out into the desert to see? What did you go out there to see? A man, what, a reed blown in the wind? Did you go out to see a man dressed in fine clothes? Or did you go to see a prophet? And he says, you went to see a prophet. You went to see. So why did you come here today? Why? Is it because this is what we do on Sundays? And some of you can be honest, yeah. I go to church on Sunday. This is what we do. You know, I, every, the rest of the week is mine. God gets a couple of minutes on Sunday, and we're done. Why are you here? What did you come to see? Who did you come to see? You know, the reeds shifting in the wind is like the ever-changing whatever. Whatever's fadsy, etc. The guy dressed in fine clothing, okay, maybe he's, he's a good speaker. He makes you laugh. Is that really why you want to be here? Okay, so we can make you laugh, but does that change your life? I want to see your life changed. And the very last thing he says, you came to see a prophet. And not just a prophet. This is John the Baptist. This is the one who came to proclaim me. This is the one who has the voice of God after 400 years of silence without a prophet. This is why you went out. That's why we should be here. We're hungry to hear the voice of God. We're hungry to get into that water where he is, up to our neck and beyond. That's why we should be here. We're hungry for his voice. We're hungry for the living word of God, backed by the Holy Spirit that brings transformation. If we come for entertainment, it brings no transformation because there is no participation. We're all spectators. Oh, that's a wonderful (laughs) Transformation is participation. It's getting involved with what the Holy Spirit is doing. That's why we're here. And you know what? He didn't call us to all clump together and hang out together and be warm and fuzzy. He called us to train us to go out into OSU, to go out into the community, We are all evangelists. That's a bunch of baloney when they say, well, I don't have a call to evangelism. Yes, you do. You got lips. You're called. He'll put the words in your mouth. You just need to walk. Just obey. And sometimes, you know what? You're going to do dumb stuff. And it's okay. At least you're doing stuff you got a lot of people criticizing you. They aren't doing a thing. And they're good at it. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that he has this thing all planned out. That diamond, he knew exactly where it was. He knew exactly what he wanted to do and with whom he wanted to do it. That girl from Venezuela, he knew it was all planned out. There's no oops, no surprise So be encouraged. Whatever this church is going through, God is not surprised. And he's right in the middle of it, and he's going to make a wonderful thing out of it. Amen? Okay. Please stand up.
0: While we were in worship, I had a vision. And I really, it was kind of strange, but I get strange things sometimes. And what I saw was, do you remember a long time ago, they used to have this popcorn in a foil pan, and it was all ready to go, jiffy pop, jiffy pop? Okay, I I saw this when we were in worship, and it was cooking, and it was just beginning to pop, 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 pop. And I felt like from the Lord to encourage the church, something is in the works. And it's getting to the point where that is going to explode. It doesn't just, we just peel it open. But I felt like the Lord was saying, be prepared because he's doing something and it's, and it's working. And there's going to be a time when you're going to see a real explosion. Um, maybe popcorn, but I don't know. You're going to see something. And I really felt that you need to move into this next phase of what's happening in the church with a great anticipation. And you need to be saying, it's not by sight, but it's by faith that we've been praying into this for years and years and years. And it's not about individuals. It's not about people. It's about Jesus Christ and his purpose for the church. And to move forward with change sometimes is amazing opportunity to be excited about what, god is about to do not trying to hang on to what he did or or to what was happening in the past but saying there's something in the future and the lord is preparing us for something and we need to participate and not hang on to the past but go into the future because jiffy pop is on the way amen okay 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 amen amen (laughs) Lord, we just come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the power and the authority that we have in your name. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. We lift up your name. We magnify your name. God, we say to you once again, all the glory belongs to you, Lord. We also say, God, that you have the preeminence, Jesus, in everything. And we're asking you, Father God, to just make this transition really smooth over the next few months, Father God. I know, God, that there's some heartache, God. I know that as we we move in and out of of our lives here, God, that there are times when we feel so, we feel sad. But, Lord, we're going to have eternity together, God. We're going to be together for eternity. And I'm asking you, Father, to bless this church, God, with a sense of expectation, Father, for the things that are coming. God, I pray that the level of faith, God, would begin to rise in this church, God, and that there would be people moving out in the miraculous, God, taking steps of faith in the marketplace, God, just reaching out, Father God. God, I again, Lord, help that sense of expectation, Father, to rise in the church, God, and that faith, God, would arise, God, that the enemies would be scattered, Father, God, and there would be a great inflow, God, of new believers into this church in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this time. And once again, Father, we say to you be all the glory, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.